Welcome to another episode of Talk Like a Fan. I'm your host, Estelle Clapham, and today joining me again is the amazing Isabel Russo. Hi! Hi, Estelle. <laughs> is this becoming your regular job now? Um, we'll, we'll see. Perhaps. You're adding it to the CV or what? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> so we're at the Barcelona Grand Prix. How was it? Exciting. I thought there was, um, I know we talked about how last week was exciting at the beginning and the end and everything in the middle was kind of predictable. And um, this it felt like there was always something to watch. It felt as if like right off the bat, just the fact that Verstappen got off great and passed Lewis. Um, some movement back and forth with Botas and Leclerc right at the beginning um, and a safety car fairly early on to squish the pack back up after Verstappen and Hamilton were just miles and miles ahead of everybody else. Um, they pulled away again, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a lot of activity sort of midfield for a while and even watching um, Schumacher get up there and move around a bit, even in the back of the grid. So there's always something exciting to to watch this race, which was nice. Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, last week was slightly processional in the middle. So it was nice to have a bit of a race where you were constantly going, okay, what's happening here? What's happening here? And there were a lot of challenges throughout the race. Even as you mentioned, um, Schumacher had a really great start and got further up. And granted, he, due to his car, he obviously can't sustain that and obviously drop back. But it was really exciting to watch because that shows obviously his skill as a driver. And um, even though he's in his rookie season, he's showing really promising traits. Um it's exciting. I agree with you. And um, I was so distracted with what Ricardo was doing. I hadn't even noticed that Verstappen had overtaken Hamilton in the beginning because I was like, Ricardo's getting up. And then I was like, oh my gosh, wait, Verstappen's leading. When did this happen? But that's the thing. That's the kind of race it was is you kind of didn't know where to look at times because there were so many different challenges. And um, I know it's a harder track to obviously overtake, but I mean, gosh, there was a fair bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it was a hard track to overtake. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say it is. But, you know. <laughs> Even that point towards the end when like um, everyone was challenging to get into the driver's points, um, mm. like Alonso versus Vettel versus I think Stroll was in there for a little bit. It was, it was just, yeah, it was a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's hard to not talk about the fact that really the race was at the top. Yeah. The fact that uh, Verstappen and Hamilton, that battle was on for the whole race, which is exciting. It's exciting when, at least for me, it's exciting when the race is for first and not necessarily just for into the points or for second or because Hamilton is too far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's exciting. And that um, switching up there, Mercedes switching up their um, pit stop strategy, strategy yeah. really, really caught Red Bull off guard. And they keep referencing 
Hungry. Hungry. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's funny because it really comes down to not so much the drivers, but we really saw team strategy in this Mm. race, which is, like, sometimes you forget that behind the driver there's a a massive team. And I think Toto Wolff said at the end it was, like, a combination of both team and driver. And it's true because I actually, in a weird way, think Red Bull did a disservice to – Verstappen and actually minus that horrible pit stop yeah he had a terrible they weren't ready for him to pit they called it too late and um it really affected I I genuinely think it 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 affected his end result which is disappointing for him um but yeah it's obviously going to be a tight race between Hamilton and Verstappen all year and yeah I don't know Bottas wasn't even really in the picture this week and Leclerc was up there it was there's a lot going on yeah yeah it was um i I am always excited when drivers are excited to be on a podium, Mm. regardless of whether they've been there before. And I will say that, like, Hamilton, I think he's surprised every time he wins. Yeah. Even though he, this is his 98th win. Yeah. He still was, like, chuffed that he won, you know? Like, so excited and so proud of the team. Um, And I know it wasn't an easy race. It wasn't an easy win. But it does sort of break my heart a little bit when... You hear Botas after a race being like, I just messed up on the first lap and then that, was, that it. was it. And like is so disappointed with third. It just, it breaks my heart when you hear that. Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard thing because obviously we support a team that's kind of considered like midfield. So like whenever <laughs> we see someone from the midfield up on a podium it's really excited to get excited for them and they're excited to be there Mm. um but I guess for Bottas third isn't his highest achievement I guess he sees that he could potentially be doing more than what he's doing so third although it's better in comparison maybe to some other drivers it's still not his best and that's how he sees it Mm. Mm -hmm. um but speaking of midfield I think I I know we talked about it. I think that Daniel Ricciardo deserved driver of the day today, and I'm not saying that out of any Australian <laughs> bias. I genuinely think in his car in a McLaren to defend against Perez the way he did pretty much the entire race. Like, he had Perez right where he wanted him for most of the race, and obviously Perez got him in the end. But I think he's driving. Like, he's obviously gotten more comfortable in the McLaren car, Um, And it's showing each week he's getting better and better and better. And that's obviously what you want to be seeing. I know at the start of the season, I was a little bit like, oh, because, you know, he hadn't done. Feeling flashbacks of Renault. (laughs) Yeah, literally when he first started at Renault. But it's, it's unrealistic to expect a driver to do so well straight into a new car. And I think even Lando had mentioned last week, I saw in an interview, that the McLaren car is a hard car to kind of navigate and get your head around. And I'm not sure why that is, but that's just something he said. And I found that interesting. And I mean, obviously, yeah, I just think Ricardo is getting better and better. And I just think if you compare a McLaren against a Red Bull, I, I think he did amazingly. Mm-hmm. I think he really, really did well. He held him off for a long time. Yeah, he did some beginning. great defensive driving. I know that the they called in, I think, the FIA and were like, stop <laughs> wiggling I think they said (laughs) he was basically trying to break the slipstream but yeah I honestly think he had Perez shaking for a little while I mean I don't know (laughs) you never know but no you never know but it was it was nice to see a good fight like that and there were a couple of those good fights um down the field as well as you know right up top and and 
that's what I find exciting. And it's like you said, this race was a lot of, I don't know where to look or, oh, I didn't look there. And so I've missed four or five different things that have happened. Yeah. And I thought it was exciting this race because there was the potential for one or two pit stops. And it was mm. sort of a bit of what will everyone do? I think in the end, everyone did ended up doing two or most people did. Um, but that always changes shuffles things up and yeah that's always nice to see um maybe that's why there was a whole bunch of traffic in the middle mm. um in the midfield but but yeah but even toto wolf just prior to the race said it was a one pit stop strategy he confirmed that and he was like unless <laughs> <laughs> but like you know he was like oh no definitely one one pit stop but it's funny because i feel like he Almost, I know that there were pit stops prior to Hamilton pit stopping, but I feel like once Hamilton went in for his second pit stop, everyone was like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're all doing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone started pitting after that, so. I do think that even with the bad pit stop that Verstappen had at the beginning, I think had they pitted him almost immediately after they saw Hamilton was doing his second, he had a full pit stop break between the two of them he could have maybe done it but I wonder if the crew was pit gun shy after the last one yeah definitely because Red Bull are notoriously known for pretty good pit stops like Mm. they're they're very good at their pit stops they're one of the best on the grid so I mean they definitely could have done it this is where I was talking about the team versus driver kind of situation I feel like they've almost done a disservice to him Mm. slightly but I mean obviously they're going to talk about that and I'm sure this doesn't mean that the Verstappen-Hamilton, you know, competition is over. Far from it. But I feel like Hamilton almost needed this win because they were very, very close in the championship. (laughs) He almost, like, needed it to reaffirm that, like, I don't know. It would have been two for two if Verstappen had gotten up today. So I just think it would have been really interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't get through one of these without talking about Norris. I was, oh my gosh, you just read my mind. I was just about to say, we have not mentioned Norris once. And this is like the I love Lando club. (laughs) I think he did a good job of just fighting today. He was just like, you mentioned this actually about how when he qualifies further down and further back in the grid, it just like takes him the full race sometimes to get that confidence back or to get his sort of the feel for the track or whatever it is and I think he did towards the end he was Mm. just creeping for a while there I was just watching that timetable he was within a second of Ocon and just like could not pass him Mm. um but but got there in the end and after that second pit stop was just picking people off yeah and I, and I think we've discussed this before. I think Norris does get in his head a little bit. But he's still a young driver and he's still only been – this is his third season in F1. I mean, we were talking about it before as well, how that he was third in the championship for three races. Like, for someone so young, I mean, it's incredible. He's He's doing really well. He still has a huge career ahead of him. He has so much longevity and, like, he's so young. But he, he's doing really, really well. Like, he's up there. Yeah, and this race, uh, Botas went past him in the championship, but he's still fourth. Yeah. I mean, there's no guarantees, obviously, that he's going to even stay in that top five towards the end of the year. But the thing is, he's got it in him, right? Mm. We've seen it, and it can happen again. And just on that note, I know I'm going back to Ricardo a little bit, but this is today's race to me was like, okay, we're going to probably see a podium out of Ricardo 
this season. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, it's getting closer and closer, and it's just really exciting. And McLaren is still third in the championship, and, like, they're fighting strong. Together, I think they're doing really well, both both McLaren drivers. Absolutely, and I think the more we can see both of them finishing in the top five, um, the obviously better it's going to be, but it does sort of seem like they keep switching positions. Yeah. (laughs) But if we can get that sec, whoever is second up a little bit higher, it'll, it'll be a good season for them. And I think, I think as we go again, we're four races out of however many, (laughs) it's really hard because things are going to constantly change this early in the season. But I think eventually we'll be seeing them literally tailing each other Mm. um, and they'll be right up there. Now, Leclerc hasn't gotten nearly enough notoriety this race because he's almost racing his own race for majority of it. (laughs) But it's nice to see him up there as well and see Ferrari doing much better this season. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he held, I mean, passed Botas right off the bat and held on to it for nearly the whole race. Yeah. He also did really, really well. Mm. It's nice to see Leclerc kind of back up there. And granted, there weren't much challenges for him, but like, yeah, seeing up further up the grid is great. Yeah. So, Monaco, are you excited? It's your first Monaco Grand Prix I'm to watch. I'm so excited. It's my first street race. Very, very excited. It's very exciting. Um, I think you've mentioned uh, in our off-air chats that <laughs> <laughs> which you have many of <laughs> that it's a fairly narrow track and so there's not going to be a lot of overtaking and oftentimes whoever gets pole tends to win that race and so I'm I'm really interested to see a fairly narrow track I'm so interested to see it through the streets don't know the yes fans no fans but there might be fans like people just you know lining the street necessarily not necessarily in the stands. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see a little bit of the the city as they drive past. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's a fantastic race. And I, it does come down to kind of qualifying and team strategy. It really does come down. It, it, you know, you could be the best driver on the grid. And if you haven't got the strategy down or if you haven't qualified well, like, good luck to you <laughs> basically <laughs> I mean I don't want to reflect back on you know Ricardo I think it was 2016 I mean he was winning and had the worst pit stop of all time and it, it, I think it'll go down in the history books as like one of the most disappointing races especially as an Aussie watching it was like tear your heart out kind of <laughs> it was hard it was hard to watch <laughs> Any any final thoughts on the race today? Anything you took out of it that you thought was interesting or Um I I just liked that there was something to watch at all times this race. Um I mean we didn't mention anything about Sonoda going out just power failure. So yeah. there was one last car on the grid, but um and Gasly having a penalty. Uh he I think fought back after that penalty pretty well. I don't think it affected him too badly no and I, I have to admit AlphaTauri aren't doing as well as I thought they would be this season but let's see I mean as as I said it's still early days and Yuki's only a rookie so mm. I mean who knows what's going to happen with them but um yeah I mean I, I feel like how do you feel now that you're in your second season you're four races into your second season how do you feel as a fan that you're 
your experience is now with F1? Do you feel like you've kind of wrapped your head around it fully or are there still things you're learning? Definitely still things I'm learning. I think I've wrapped my head around the basics and so I sort of know what I'm watching um, and where I'm looking, shall I say. Um, But of course I'm still learning. I mean, next race will be my first street race. So there's still brand new things and um, and the rules, like track limits and rules are changing and uh, yeah, still learning. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. It's been absolutely great having you on for the last couple Talk Like Fans. And Well, you know, I'm happy to be here, happy to chat. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Um, and everyone, we're going to be reviewing the Monaco Grand Prix next. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs>